welcome to some more great Bible preaching from the pulpit of Capital City Baptist Church in the heart of Austin, Texas. Our prayer is that your relationship with Christ is strengthened and that you are blessed by the time you spend in the Word of God with us today. Daniel chapter 1 verse 3. And the king spake the, the master of the eunuchs that he should bring certain of the children of Israel and of the king's seed and of the princesses, children in whom was no blemish. I wonder how many of those were actually chosen. No blemish. I don't think that's exactly talking about a mole either. Well-favored, skillful in all wisdom, cunning in knowledge and understanding science, such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace and whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. The king appointed them daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank, so nourishing them three years that at the end thereof they might stand before the king. Now among these were the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names, for he gave to Daniel the name Belshazzar, to Hananiah, Shadrach, to Mishael, Meshach, to Azariah, Abednego. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat and with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. I'm going to ask for the gamas to lead us for tonight as we come. And you may be seated. Tonight I'm going to preach two for one special. I want to preach a message to the parents and simultaneously preach a message to our young people. The message that I'm preaching to the parents is preparing your child for Babylon. And the message for the young people is, if you can't make it in Judah, what in the world makes you think you can make it in Babylon? So uh, uh, while we're going through this, if I'm not making the application for you, you do yourself a favor and make the application as a parent or as a young person. Jude had been taken into captivity. Jeremiah had prophesied it. The nation had rejected his prophecy, mocked and scorned him, ignored his advice. And as a result, God judged the nation. Israel was already in captivity. Judah was taken. And now we see them in Babylon. They took only the finest. And then he started hand-sorting uh, uh, those Jews, the young Jews, were brought into captivity. He said, I want those that are without blemish, well-favored, skillful in all wisdom and knowledge, and uh, those that have the ability to stand in the palace. Now, uh, parents, let me just say this. You should be working now because you know uh, training your young person now to make it to Babylon because you know at some time, at some moment... If he doesn't go full-time in the ministry, he will have to survive Babylon. I think our problem is uh, we're not preparing for that moment. We're living in a surreal world, a surreal environment, uh, really not even grateful for everything God has given to us, the advantages that we have. And if your child, listen, doesn't have a walk with God, he's not going to make it in Babylon. If he doesn't have some backbone and some principle and some determination, he's not going to make it in Babylon. Now, we know at least four young people made it, spiritually speaking. Uh, we know the four that were mentioned here, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. 
uh, from the stories that we read, the fact that Daniel stood up, was thrown in the, uh, in the lion's den, the three Hebrews were thrown into the fiery furnace, they would not bend, they would not bow, uh, they would not burn. That's my literated message for the moment. Uh, but here's what I'm concerned about. I'm concerned because we uh, have a generation of young people that can't even make it in Judah. So my question is, how in the world are they going to make it in Babylon? If you are struggling to get them to do anything for God in Judah, if you're struggling to get them to walk with God, stand for God, live for God, do right, obey authority in Judah, what in the world is going to happen when they're introduced to Babylon? And they will be introduced to Babylon. The problem is we're not preparing our young people for this moment and they walk out wide-eyed and quickly find themselves under the bus, messed up, torn up, because they have no clue what to do once they hit the streets of Babylon. I want to mention a few things tonight. Number one, you won't survive Babylon, young people, if you find Judah difficult. I want you to think about some for a minute. How much more of a protected environment can you be in? Where are you going to go to find this kind of environment anywhere in the world? Let's say you've got a loving environment. People love you, prop you up, help you out, back you up, forgive you repeatedly, invest in you. Some of you actually have parents that do your homework. You've got a line of people to defend you when your mama doesn't. I'm asking you, if you cannot make it in this Christian school, in this Christian environment... Now, Judah's not perfect. You say, well, why don't you look at Judah? That was still God's chosen people in God's chosen place. Perfect? Absolutely not. But if you think Judah's an imperfect world, welcome to Babylon. Well, I think people are too hard on my child. Wait till they're in Babylon. I don't like the way that teacher talks to my little Johnny. Wait till his boss talks to him. Well, I can't believe someone charged me $5 for showing up late. Wait till they give you a pink slip because you did it twice in a year. Well, I don't know what's the big deal. All I did was say I can't right now. It doesn't work in Babylon either. Now, let me ask you this. If you think Judah's difficult, your parents, you're messing up with your child because you're saying Judah's too hard. What in the world are they going to do in Babylon? If they don't have the character to make it in Judah, they definitely don't have the character to make it in Babylon. Because we see four made it in Babylon, but thousands that had made it in Judah were introduced to Babylon. But when the music played and the lights turned on and they found themselves on stage, ready to perform, and the world said, bow. They said, that's a good idea. Three had enough principle and discipline and character and determination to actually stand up and do right 
And parents, here's what concerns me. You're looking at Judah as if Judah was the problem. No. The problem is you're not preparing your child for Babylon. Judah is not the problem. The people of Judah is not the problem. The rules of Judah are not the problem. The God of Judah is not the problem. The school of Judah is not the problem. The problem is you can't help them make it in Judah. I guarantee you that their failure in Babylon. Amen. Your philosophy is defend this child at all costs. And I don't like the teachers in Judah. And I don't like the rules in Judah. And I don't like the character building in Judah. And I don't like everything that goes on in Judah. I don't either. Wait till we get to heaven. Perfect teachers, perfect leaders, perfect rules, perfect place. Amen. But meanwhile, you better teach your children to survive Babylon. And if they're not surviving Judah, they're definitely not surviving because they're not going to have a more loving environment out there than they do in here. They're going to get hurt more, betrayed more. They're going to get cussed at, lied about, stabbed in the back, betrayed, belittled, mocked, made fun of. Well, I don't think anyone should make fun of Johnny and Judah. Wait till Babylon. Well, there's someone mean in Judah. Well, there's thousands of mean people in Babylon. Maybe God put that one mean person in Judah to prepare your child for Babylon. Well, there's not perfect authority in Judah. Well, wait till you meet the authority in Babylon. Well, I think there's a wrong crowd in Judah. Wait till you get introduced to Babylon. Are you with me tonight? I'm tired of the complaints about Judah. If you're so worried about Judah, why don't you just take that kid and move him to Babylon? Meet the real world where there's real people and real problems. The problem is not Judah. The problem is in your head. You ought to thank God for Judah. Thank God for the schools of Judah. Thank God for the teachers in Judah. Thank God for the authority in Judah. Thank God for the rules in Judah. Thank God for the music in Judah. Because one day they're going to get introduced to the music of Babylon. One day they're going to get introduced to the morals of Babylon. And if they couldn't make it in Judah, I will guarantee you this. They're not making it five minutes in Babylon. You have 18 years to understand there's a lot of good in Judah. And if they don't pick that up in 18 years, guess what? Babylon is going to chew them up and spit them out whole. You're going to reach into the mouth of a lion and pull out a leg, an arm, and the piece of an ear. And Babylon's going to burp and say, thank you very much. I enjoyed that meal. Do you have another kid you can send my way? Amen. Young people are looking around complaining about Judah. You know what, Adam? This is as good as you're ever going to have it. Lauren, this is as good as it gets. Because you don't get to stay in Judah forever. Guess what, Ruthie? You better enjoy this haven. You better make it last as long as you can. Ask your neighbor about Babylon's university. Oh, they're all so loving and sensitive and kind and patient, helpful and careful of your feelings. They're going to forgive and pick you up when you're down. 
Amen. Let me say number two. You will not thrive in Babylon. These kids are in a dream world. These parents are in a dream world. I need you to connect with reality tonight. You will not thrive in Judah if you cannot excel. Excuse me. You will not thrive in Babylon if you can't excel in Judah. Parents to earth. Parents to earth. Connect to reality. On what level is your child going to thrive if they can't excel in Judah? I remember years ago when I was sitting in college and Dr. Vineyard put, put everybody in this big trap, caught up. Uh, uh, he lured them by their pride. Uh, there's the student body, a couple hundred students, and he says, how many of you were magna cum laude? Is that the high as you go or am I missing one? Uh, in your graduating class, and a group of 25 or 30 students raised their hand. He said, I want you to stand up. And they all stood up. He said, now how many of you had a class of more than eight? Stay standing. And all but two sat down. <laughs> if you can't be the top of your class with six students, you're in trouble. You know what we have? We have a generation that can't even excel with teachers trying to help with, with this much of a support team. I mean clubs and Christian school and youth activities and youth leaders and a college leader and a pastor and all these people and all these positions and all these ministries and all these programs trying to help you reach your potential and you scratch and climb and claw and resist and about the time you're ready to graduate, you've hit a level two. But I'm going to be a big businessman. That's right. In the work world, we call that a hamburger flipper. <laughs> and you'll probably burn the burgers and put on tomato when someone asks you not to and hand them a cheeseburger when they ask for a BLT. I know your type. Amen. We actually think kids that can't even excel in this environment are going to thrive in Babylon? Did you read verse 4? The king said, I want kids that have excelled in Judah. He didn't say, I'm going to teach them excellence. He didn't say, let's see if we can make them skillful and make them knowledgeable and make them understanding and give them the ability he said, pick out the ones that excelled in Judah. They'll make it in the palace. We want to baby these kids and pamper these kids and feel sorry for these kids and make excuses for these kids. And then say, oh, but wait till he gets to Babylon. He's going to show you what kind of young... Yeah, I know, that's my fear. Why don't you quit fussing about Judah and get him ready for Babylon? Because I'll tell you right now, he's not going to the ministry. Not here. Amen. That means he's got to go into the work world. If he's going to go into the work world with his qualifications, you better be ready to house that young man until he's 50 because he ain't going to ever have enough money to even buy a car. I'm not trying to steal your joy tonight. I'm trying to get you to shake your head and say, yeah, yeah, you're right. I better prepare this kid for Babylon. Amen. Look, now listen. These kids were so well prepared. Look what it says in verse 20, Daniel 1 20. All matters of wisdom and understanding that the king inquired of them. He found them what? Ten times better. 
Now think about this for a minute. Who was he comparing them with? The losers? He was comparing them with his hand chosen in the palace. He said, the Babylonians that I brought, that I trained, my hand-picked, hand-taught, these young men are ten times better, and we get mad because we have a support team trying to make your kids better, and you're aggravated? What are you doing to trying to make him better? I've trained him to be worse, and you're ruining my plan. I've trained him to be disobedient. You want him to be obedient? I've trained him to argue with authority. You're trying to get him to stop? What are you thinking? Okay. Whatever you say. You don't understand. I'm trying to understand you. Amen. Someone out there needs to say, good word. True word. Hallelujah. Number three. If you can't resist the temptations in Judah, you definitely aren't going to say no to Babylon. Now I want you to think about this for a minute. When kids get caught, I hear about all the problems in Judah. Amazing, we have all kinds of accountability established, a thousand eyes keeping out to catch your children, rules in place. We try to make wickedness, pornography, cigarettes, booze, drugs, and everything else this world has to offer, difficult to get their hands on. With all those safeguards set up and the walls this high, your child, because he has it in his heart, has chosen to find some way around the walls and through the barricades and over the obstacles. And he has it so deep in his heart that he has found a way to get a hold of wickedness. But you say... If it weren't for the kids in Judah, no, if it weren't for the wickedness in his heart. Preacher, if you only knew the influences, if he can't handle, if he can't do right with all these safeguards, what's going to happen the first day he goes to Babylon when there are no safeguards? What's going to happen when he has Internet access? and no safeguard, a cell phone, and no safeguard, and people around that are constantly pushing, let's go drink, let's go smoke, let's stay out till 12 o'clock at night. Mama's not there, daddy's not there, pastor's not there, no one's there. And you have justified his behavior and blamed it on everyone else and said his problem really is those Burnett kids. The problem might be the duckmeister. I would blame it on Brother Donald. Some of you really slow tonight. But I'm not blaming it on his kids. You know the problem? We're looking around at Judah as if Judah was the one that caused the problem. The problem's not Judah. The problem is that child was never prepared for Babylon. And parents, I want you to listen to me tonight. I want you to listen to me good. If your child cannot do right in Judah, he has no chance in Babylon. If your child can't resist temptation, where he's even finding it, I do not know. But if he cannot resist temptation, when there are 47 obstacles to cross and 38 barriers to get past, 
When those barriers are taken away and those obstacles are removed and temptation is placed on his plate, he sunk. The problem is not Judah. The problem is his heart. And if he can't resist temptation when it has been taken from him in Judah, the king said, you will drink my wine. And all those other young men raised in Christian homes said, you bet we will. Because they'd been looking for a chance in Judah. But four had principles and backbone and said, you know what? That's not happening. Not today, not yesterday, not tomorrow. That's not happening. Whatever happened to kids coming out of Judah that said, that's not happening. It's not happening today. It's not happening in this Christian school. It's not happening tomorrow. But some kid gets caught in Judah, and the parents say, the problem, pastor, is Judah. Yeah, tell me what happens when he gets his diploma, walks out of this school, and no longer has Judah to blame. The problem never was Judah. The problem was his heart. And that was deep down in his heart. If he, His heart was wanting that in Judah. Wait till Babylon throws out the full meal deal for two ninety nine, and he doesn't read the small print and understand that's two ninety nine for life. I don't want to hear about Judah, because Judah's not the problem. There are sinners in Judah. There's temptation in Judah. There are problems in Judah. Judah was never perfect and never will be perfect. But if your child cannot survive Judah, he simply cannot survive. If your son or daughter is a hellion in Judah, ooh, Holly, hold the gates because he's going to be the son of Belial when he moves to Babylon. How did Daniel survive Babylon? Verse 8, but Daniel purposed. You know what that means? Daniel said, I ain't going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. 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 If your child doesn't have the willpower with the peer pressure of this school in the right direction, if your child doesn't have the... Amazing that everyone is pushing for them to do right and they can still manage to overcome that peer pressure and do wrong. I mean, they are threatened with expulsion and they still have the willpower to do wrong. And they have Ms. Lewis watching and Pastor Bob watching and they can still do wrong. Folks... I can't do wrong with those two watching. <laughs> the problem's not Judah. I think we located the problem. And he holds your last name. Amen. Amen. What's he going to do when he gets in a place where there's no accountability, no Christian peer pressure, and there's a daily opportunity for him to fulfill the lust of his flesh? Every day, he's got... You, every single one of you sitting here... Today, no, as an adult, you every single day have the opportunity to fulfill the lust of your flesh. And amazingly, you do right. Guess what? He soon, she soon will have that same opportunity. They don't magically get their diploma. And that, listen, when they get their diploma and they walk across that stage, we don't put a steel rod down their backbone to help them stand up. So they walk out in this world saying, I ain't no pushover. I wish I could, I would. But if they graduate with a noodle for a backbone, they're walking into Babylon as a noodle. 
And if they're a heathen in Judah, they'll be a heathen in Babylon. And if they're a coward in Judah, they'll be a coward in Babylon. And if they're a compromiser in Judah, they'll be a compromiser in Babylon. And if they fall to peer pressure in Judah, they'll definitely fall to peer pressure in Babylon. And if they're a liar in Judah, they'll be a liar in Babylon. And if they're carnal in Judah, they'll be more carnal in Babylon. And if they're disrespectful in Judah, they'll be more disrespectful in Babylon. And if they're uncontrolled in Judah, they'll be out of control in Babylon. I hope you're each one on your level is getting the point. Because if need be, I can become more clear. If your child can't be pure in Judah, when will he be able to live pure? Everything in Judah screams, be pure. The temptations are pulled aside. The barriers are set. The leaders say, be pure. The problem is, you already brought Babylon into your home and developed his taste. And his tongue is salivating. And you, see, you teased him with Babylon. And you show him the best of Babylon. You, you paid $69.99 a month to help him develop a taste for Babylon. You paid for it. You said, here's what I'm going to do for you. One day you've got to go to Babylon, so let me help you get the taste for it. And then they walk around Judah, and every time someone mentions Babylon, and every time they get a chance to go somewhere where Babylon's found in Judah, and every time they hear about a birthday party that's going to include some of Babylon, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they know it's just all Judah, no Babylon, and I don't like that. Yeah, someone's going to make us do all of Judah. Does it come with Babylon? I'll do Judah if it comes with Babylon. But if not, I'll be there, but I hate it. You know what we want? We want a pastor who's not personal or practical. You know what you want? You want to pretend and you've deceived yourself into thinking that your child's going to make it in Babylon. Simply because that's what you said. Simply because I'm around Judah. The problem is, if you do not see him flailing in Judah and take steps to correct it, he will sink. If he can't swim in two feet of water, don't throw him out of the boat in the middle of the pond. Number four, there's no chance you're going to live for God in Babylon if you're not walking with God in Judah. We want, we want, we want our kids to go out there to Babylon and live for God. They're not called to ministry. They've got to work a job. I, I want them to uh, go to school. And I want them, and Pastor, uh, why are you concerned about my kid going to UT or ACC or, you know, Chris made it. Yeah, I think Mommy and Daddy had taken a lot of time and invested a lot of prayer and hard work preparing him. And if your child cannot walk for God or with God, I do chapel on Thursdays now. We've made a few changes in the Christian school. I've asked kids, how many read your Bible? How many read your Bible? Kids are honest. Oh, you got a few liars over there. But in that situation, you get them relaxed, they tell the truth. Don't worry, I don't give them to tell any secrets about their home life. Now listen, if they're not reading their Bible in an environment where they're being pushed to read their Bible, at school, at home, at church, in every ministry, there's a push to read their Bible. 
if they do not establish a walk with God before they get to Babylon, they don't mysteriously become spiritual and prayerful. If they don't pray or know how to pray in Judah, you think they'll learn in Babylon? Do you think Daniel and that walk with God, do you think Daniel, I mean, read Daniel chapter 6. We're not reading all the verse tonight. We take an extra two hours. How many remember Daniel 6? The king's decree. You're not going to pray. Whew, you told the majority of our kids from Judah that. They'd say, oh, praise the Lord. About time we got a command we like. Good, you hear that? We don't have to pray anymore. Hallelujah. I hope the next step is we don't have to go to church. You can't force them to pray. What in the world is going to happen when they're told not to pray? You can't force them to read their Bible. What's going to happen when they get mocked for reading their Bible? I thank God for mom and dad that taught me to read my Bible long before I went to Babylon. And when I went to Babylon, I'm 18 years old. I'm working in a factory with the filth and the scum of the earth, third shift. Everyone is cussing. Listen, it got so filthy, we couldn't even sit in the break room. So I started bringing my Thompson chain Bible, large size, sitting on the table and reading out loud. Boy, you could empty out the entire break room in five minutes. My boss came in. He said, Adam, we've got some disturbance going on in here. I said, I don't know of any disturbance. He said, you know, they say you're reading your Bible. I said, listen, is in this room are you allowed to talk? He said, yes. I said, at what level? As long as it's not a disturbing level. I said, all I do is talk at a non-disturbing level. Why are they disturbed? He said, just make sure you don't raise your voice. I'll whisper if you want me to. Just don't tell me which book not to read. Your child's going to get out of this environment and never, ever open. Sunday morning, he, he, the worst part of his day is going to be trying to locate his Bible. He can't remember where he left it, where he lost it. He's hoping it's still in the car. That worn-out Bible's not from use. It's from sliding around in the vehicle, getting jammed against the seat. Now, let me ask you, what is so magical about graduation that they don't read their Bible in this environment, but they get a diploma, and suddenly they become deep theologians. Suddenly they love God. They can't win a soul or have any godly desire in a Christian environment raised in Judah, but suddenly they walk across this platform and say, Oh, how I love Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The magic doesn't happen at 18. That walk was established in Judah. Number five, no way in the world you're going to be able to have a decent spirit in Judah, excuse me, in Babylon, if you didn't start with an excellent spirit in Judah. I want you to think tonight for a few minutes about how much of life deals with the spirit, your attitude. This is simply making me, let's see, <coughs> these kids grow up in a home with mom and dad they don't get abused dad doesn't come home drunk they didn't watch their parents go through a horrible nasty divorce dad comes home every night mom cooks they don't have to do their laundry they don't have to iron they get three square meals a day they don't have to work a job a day going through school Everything's paid for. Now, how many of you adults say, I would have enjoyed that kind of childhood? Raise your hand. But despite all those benefits, a good breakfast, a full bell, 
luxuries in life, they can still find a way to walk into the doors of the school of Judah looking like this. This is all you're going to give me? I don't get a shoulder rub or a shoe shine? This is it? Why don't you do something that would really bless me? What in the world do you think their spirit's going to be like in Babylon? Set up their night. I think I'm going to yank a few kids out of choir. Man, I'm in an AC building with saints of God, surrounded by people that love me. I'm saved. I'll never have to burn in hell. I hate this life. Remind me, there's something bad there. I'm trying to figure it out. There's something bad in there. I need you to point it out because I just haven't figured it out yet. They got a Starbucks on the way to church. They'll get a McDonald's on the way home. And life is bad. I can't wait to leave Judah. Three meals a day, bills paid. One time last year, my mom forgot to iron my shirt. We can't wait to get to Babylon and teach them something about a good life. You know that excellent spirit that caused Daniel to find favor? That was taught in Judah, that was learned in Judah, that was developed in Judah. He didn't get to Babylon and start bouncing off the walls. He had a thankful heart in Judah and said, boy, I have it good. Wow, I'm in a Christian school. Looky there, i got a youth pastor that loves me. Hallelujah! I'm a saved child, born again, child of God. Man, life is good. You tell me how this is going to make it in Babylon. You wait till I get to Babylon. I'll show you what I am. Oh, yeah, that's really going to work. Try that in your business. Oh, yeah, you show up to work like that. What are you doing, Billy? None of your business. Babylon loves that stuff. They like the lean, they like the slanted sit, in, you know, sitting in the chair. They love the attitude. Oh, yeah. Babylon's waiting to hire that. Babylon pays the big bucks. Right, Jay? Oh, yeah. Babylon pays the big bucks for people that hate learning. Babylon's just waiting with their wallets out. What did you do in school? You flunk. Come on! Yeah! We need another one just like you. Yes! Look, look, look! Loser! Woo! Woo! Team, we got another one! Welcome here! He shows up at 10.15 on an 8 o'clock schedule. Yeah! Man, what planet are you living on? I mean, we are teaching our kids and training our kids full-time how to be a loser in Babylon. Some of you said, thank God he's not going to be in Judah forever. Well, then you better do your God-given best of training for Babylon. My kid ain't working full-time in Judah. No problem, because Judah don't want him. You talk like that, I'm leaving Judah. Don't motivate me. Amen. Your kid can't have a good spirit around Christians. Loving people. What's going to happen when he gets around some real vile behavior? Obnoxious, abrasive. People that want to provoke. I mean, your child's provoked when people are trying to love them. 
Oh, he's going to hold a job for all two days in a row. Amen? Number six, if you don't establish wisdom in Judah, I guarantee you're going to act like a fool in Babylon. You know what this Bible tells us about these guys? You know what it highlights repeatedly? Full of wisdom and full of knowledge. I've often thought, man, what was going on when all that music was playing and you have thousands of Hebrew young people that grew up in a godly environment? I bet there was some dancing, some doing the jigaboo, some laying down, some hip-hopping and hop-hipping, and you have three. If your child cannot act in a wise manner and behave themselves in a wise manner in Judah, if your child can't be respectful in Judah and honest in Judah and helpful in Judah, guess how he's going to behave when the chains are off. If your child can't behave when threatened by demerits, when rebuked by adults, if your child acts unseemly, when fettered by rules and chained by convictions, what is he going to act like in total freedom? Have you ever heard the term hog wild? Get ready. Because you're not going to know what to do when that child has gone hog wild and you're grieved and he's not. Folks, I'm not trying to be overly harsh tonight, but I am scared to death for this generation of young people that can't make it in Judah, and I'm scratching my head and pulling out my hair, and I'm nearly bald. And what's not gone is gray. Say, how did that happen, preacher? I'm looking at the future of our young people and saying, if we are out of our mind trying to get them to survive Judah, what in the world happens? The day that door is thrown open and we say, welcome to Babylon. The hat comes off, the jeans go down, the miniskirt comes on, the low riders. We want to have young men dressing in women's shirts and women dressing in men's shirts, young people hooked up with the wrong person. If we can't keep your child from seeking the wrong person in Judah, oh, wait till they get the opportunities of Babylon. What are the problems? They're twofold. Parents and children. Parents aren't awake to the fact. They're not in Judah forever. You better prepare them for the moment they step into Babylon. They better have principles and a walk. Did you get this? If you don't get anything else tonight, get this. If they do not have a personal walk, I'm not asking about your walk with God. I'm saying if your children do not have a personal walk with God, forget about your concern over bells and over choir and over grades. I want you to think about one thing. If they do not have a personal walk with God. They will not make it in Babylon. We said everything else. Oh, they can sing on tune. Thank God for that. They can keep time with a bell. Thank God for that. They can hit a ball far. They can dress right. Maintain a standard. I'm all for that. But let me ask you something. Does that child walk with God? Because if he doesn't, you'll know it the first month they're in Babylon. Because they're going to be like a kid in a candy closet. They're going to go, whoo, There ain't no one watching. If they can't make it in Judah, 
let me prophesy. They're doomed in Babylon, and you know it. Father, you know our desire is to help every single young person in this auditorium survive Babylon. Some have already acquired a taste. Some have developed the habits. Some have a yearning. No walk with God was ever established. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I don't want anyone looking around. Let me ask two questions tonight. Let me ask three. Number one, did you listen to the Holy Spirit tonight? Are you willing to listen to the Holy Spirit tonight? Are you willing to do business? And let me ask you this. What would happen tonight if you grabbed your child, came down here to this altar, and said, Oh God, I need your help. We certainly hope that you've enjoyed this message today, but more importantly, we hope that the Lord has challenged you in some way to grow in your Christian life. For more information about our church, including directions and times of services, please visit our website at www.capitalcitybaptist.org.